Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 140 of F-Stop, Collaborate and Listen. This week's episode features a personal brand strategist, Jonathan Tilly. Jonathan works with individuals to create customized branding and marketing strategies for their business, whether it be actors, photographers, artists, or small businesses. He helps with web design, web copy, and has proven real-world strategies to get you in front of the clients that you want to do business with. And I got to tell you, um, I know this isn't a photographer, but as a photographer who dabbles in business, I guess I could say, there's a lot to take away from this episode, so I'm really excited to share it with you. Over on Patreon this week, uh, Jonathan shares all of his secrets for successful email marketing and list building. There's some really incredibly powerful tips in that bonus episode if you plan on doing any targeted marketing whatsoever for your photography. So I highly recommend that you head over to Patreon, sign up, and listen. Just go to patreon.com slash fstop and listen. Well, before we get started, I did want to tell you something really cool that's going on over on Nature Photographers Network, or NPN. As I'm sure you already know, NPN is the premier community for landscape and nature photographers. Over on NPN, you can interact with some of the top names in the industry, get honest and thoughtful critiques on your images, and read some of the most engaging and stimulating articles on the web that relate to our craft. The cool part, listeners of the podcast can get a 60-day free trial of NPN. Just follow the link in the liner notes. Okay. Let's get to the show. All right. Well, Jonathan Tilly, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited uh, for this one because um, while you're not a photographer per se, you have a lot of really fantastic ideas and thoughts that I think a lot of photographers could benefit from. Um, And so without further ado, maybe just uh, introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, sure thing. I mean, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I love connecting with other creative people and especially photographers. I don't know. I'm I'm a really visually based person, so I think the the visual imagery of everything that that photographers do, I just get it more and easier. And um, so, yeah, I'm just so pleased to be here. So, yes, hi, my name is Jonathan Tilly. Um, I officially call myself a personal brand strategist, um, but you could say that I help creative people like photographers shine online and share their talent with the world. So how do I do that? Um, I help them with their branding, with their web design, creating amazing personally branded websites that feel just like them. And I also have a couple online courses teaching them how to market themselves without feeling cringeworthy and spammy, but really how to make a connection and how to build those relationships. And then from there, you book the work. Awesome. Yeah. I think those are all things that um, f- photographers gen- and artists in general, I think, struggle with, especially mm. the uh, kind of the personal branding piece. And then also, um, I know that I've 
I know I've struggled with, and I know almost every single photographer I've ever talked to struggles with um, marketing and not feeling like you're spamming the world and looking desperate. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> so I, I really, um, that's why I'm really excited for this this conversation because, <laughs> yeah, of course, I feel like those are the questions I get the most from kind of more established photographers. Is like, gosh, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm good at taking photos, but like, how do I market myself and you know, it's it's just funny to hear everyone's answers to that question. So, um, so for for you, what does it even mean to to personally brand yourself? Because when I think of that, it's you know, it's like oh, I'm like a giant corporate logo or something. So, like, mm. how would you describe that to people listening? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people when they hear brand, they think like you said, corporate logo, three piece suit, briefcase, <laughs> and you know you. And, and, you know, that's, that's fine if you're a multi-million dollar conglomerate, but you're not, you're a photographer, you know? So it's, it's that thing of first and foremost, getting that, that stigma, getting that, that idea that is plunked into our head out and then saying, okay, what if you were your brand? What if you, the person were a brand, what would that be? You know, and and then you get the the deer in the headlights look. <laughs> so I say it like this. You're like a bottle of wine. You're the only person that can't see yourself from the outside. So it's my job as a personal brand strategist or somebody that does personal branding and website building. It's my job to look at you, put you in the right bottle, put the right label on you, send you to the right supermarket, put you on the right shelving, that your dream clients walk by and go, ah, that's the one that I want. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because because we're we're in ourselves, we can't see ourselves from the outside. And and I always say you can't brand yourself. And when I was going through my company's rebrand, I mean, I I know I know how to brand everybody, and I know I'm like I know how to do this myself. But then I just said to my team, I'm like, guys, you. I, I can't do it. Like, I need your help. Like, I need you guys to, like, photograph me. I need you guys to, you know, build this around me. I, I, I need to step away from this a little bit because I'm too in it. Mm-hmm. So even I can't brand myself, you know. So it's <laughs> it's something that that a lot of people, like we said before, first and foremost, they think it's they have to have a three-piece suit and, and, and carry a briefcase. No. Branding is you. Uh, what does that mean? And really, it's just... I break it down into saying, you know, uh, personal branding is a mix of three things. It's your name, it's your face, and it's how you make people feel. Hmm. I like that, Uh, especially the the last part, how how you make people feel, because um, I I had an interesting experience um, pretty early on when I started this podcast where I got into a... um, into an argument, I guess you could say, with a, another photographer in Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was totally public and online and um Oh no. <laughs> oh, it totally and um and uh and you know the general consensus from the photography community was that, you know, this particular individual is kind of kind of off the hinges a little bit and kind of you know they they would you know, type out expletives and how they describe other mm. people and they're just super defensive. And, and I was just kind of 
I just kept holding them accountable to that, which I don't know why I was compelled to do that. But I had a uh, a podcast listener kind of reach out to me privately, and he was like, "Hey, like I understand what you're doing, and and I, you know, you're probably right, but I think what you're doing is hurting your brand." And I was mm. like, "Oh." <laughs> That's yeah. right. And it's like you it's like what you said. It's it's how you make other people feel, right? Yeah. Um and uh, that really just struck a chord with me for me personally. So when you said that, I was like, yeah, that that's that's such a big part of it, but it's also kind of one of those hard to define, doesn't have a lot of hard edges type things. So how would you uh how would you go about helping uh someone who's developing their personal brand think about uh, how they make other people feel. Yeah, you know, I have, um, when we go through the branding process, we have um, a questionnaire or a survey or a, a workbook, however you want to call it. And it's got all these different questions. Mm. And in the beginning, it's, you know, like, what's your name? Do you have Twitter? Do you have Instagram? All those basic things that we need to know and that we can look at your Instagram and look at your your social media to get a feel of who you are. Um, but then it goes into this sort of different direction where people go, huh? Why, why, <laughs> why are we talking about to, this? <laughs> why are we talking about this? So I say, just just go with the flow, right stream of consciousness, and and just just let whatever needs to come out out. The information that you put into this workbook, I'm not going to share it with anybody, but we will base a lot of the branding off of this workbook reason being is there's questions in there like you know describe your dream house or um describe your favorite article of clothing why do you love it so much what color is it what's what's the texture you know <laughs> all all these different things that that or, or if you're a photographer what's the what part of your camera do you love most? What do, what's what does your camera bag look like? What are the different accessories that you have? What do they look like? And what we're trying to get at is, after a while, so so let let's do it with you, Matt. So so <laughs> what <laughs> what um uh, just describe your your camera bag? Uh, sure. So uh, it kind of depends on you know the trip I'm doing, but recently I switched to a Shimoda. Action X uh, camera bag, and it's it's really just built for adventure. Um, mm -hmm. So it's got a lot of um, features in terms of like being able to, to attach like a snowboard or attach a tripod and lots of internal compartments, and then makes your camera super accessible on the inside, but then has enough room to uh, to basically carry all the gear you need to do like overnight backpacking trips and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's all about um, getting my gear safely to a destination so that I can photograph it. Mm -hmm. So already from that, you said words like um, uh, destination, outdoor, adventure, right? So you're already uh, safely, you know, you're outside, but you're safe. So already you're giving me, and you didn't even say, you know, what color it was, what it was made of. So what, what colors? I'm going to assume it's black because almost every <laughs> gear bag is black. It is black. <laughs> there you go, right? So so knowing that, are there any, like you said, there's there's a couple of things you can hook onto them. So there's black, but then the accessories of it. So are there hooks? Are there, are there what, what are the things that you can hook onto and, and things like that? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> it's got uh, some of my favorite features is that it has like these really um, – 
kind of wide shoulder straps that are really padded mm-hmm. so it's comfortable. And then there's like these really big um, pockets that are attached to those shoulder pads. So like you can put your cell phone in there. You could put like a like an energy bar in there. And then also it makes it really easy to um, carry like a water bladder so that you can stay hydrated and things like that. So those are kind of some of my favorite features. <laughs> Now, th- this is fascinating because already you've gone even deeper into how I would brand you, right? Like the the, the strong shoulder shoulder pads to – and it's not just a camera bag. You, you, like you said, you can add things in there as well, like an energy bar and some water and da-da-da-da-da. So it's almost like it's a, it's a camera bag, gear bag, but also like a trekking backpack, you know, like I see, and of course you do landscape photography. So there's, there has to be something of, of outdoorsness and adventure to it. Right. Right. So, so that's the vibe that I'm getting off of you. And we're, and like right now we're just talking about your camera bag. Right. (laughs) Right. So in this, in this uh, survey, in this, in this questionnaire, in this workbook, you have all these different questions. Right. So, so let me, let me give you an example of, the differentiation between your camera bag and my camera bag. Okay. (laughs) I have, I'm a huge minimalist. I don't like to waste anything. I love things that are sleek and really well-designed and, and a little bit asymmetrical. So my camera bag is a, is much smaller than yours. It (laughs) it holds uh, my camera and the lens and a couple of other accessories. But what I absolutely love about my camera bag is that it's a, um, one sling over the shoulder, sort of asymmetrical uh-huh. thing. So, so it could it kind of looks like a large. Um, all the, all the kids, all the kids, all the kids are wearing it now. Like the 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 fanny pack, the 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 hip bag over their shoulder. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> and so it looks a little bit bigger and a little bit more padded, but it it goes in in that in that direction, uh-huh. right? So you you go, oh, that it looks like a like a big fanny pack or whatever, but really everything's inside you know so so just talking about your bag which which sounds like an adventure in itself versus my bag which is very minimal and asymmetrical that already gives us an idea the listeners an idea of who we are what we're about and the vibe that 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 we give off and how we make people feel yes <laughs> That's that's a that's interesting. Just from talking about a yeah. camera bag, <laughs> uh, that's funny. So so like, how do you from from kind of doing this questionnaire and and figuring out kind of what what the kind of vibe is about a person? How do you then transform all of that information into a uh, cohesive package? that then becomes something someone can use to, I guess, let the world know who they are. Mm, Of course. So you said, you know, the words adventure, outdoors, trek, safe, features, all these different keywords that that they would keep coming up. Those specific keywords would keep coming up in what you'd be writing. And also we have a 30-minute consultation where um, you chat with me and all these words keep coming up as well. So from the things that you're putting out into the word verbally and the things that you're writing that I'm reading to massively huge sensors that you're giving out that I also receive, Mm. I'm going to notice patterns. Mm -hmm. And then from those patterns, I'm going to create a brand book with a vibe of who you are, what you're about, um, the the textures of of who you are, what you're about, um, and from there, I'm going to have a a 
like a like a palette, almost like a like a painter's palette. And then I take that and then from there the format or the canvas per se is the actually actual building blocks of the of the website itself. So we only design on Squarespace. Mm. Now uh, like that's a whole other podcast and conversation <laughs> in itself. People are like Wix and Jimdo and WordPress and da 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 da. But believe me, after ten years and of doing uh, professional web design, we've built over uh, over two three hundred different websites. Squarespace is the only website out there that has the longevity that is one hundred percent responsive on absolutely every single device on the planet. I mean, how often does a new iPhone or a Samsung come out, right. and how often do the do the dimensions just change by a centimeter? Mm-hmm. And Squarespace is the only platform that will go with the flow. However, Apple is making their new iPhones or Samsung or whatever. It's the only platform that will go with the flow 100%. So I wholeheartedly support uh, Squarespace. And I'm not even an an affiliate. Like, they don't even have an affiliate program. Like, that's how much I love Squarespace. (laughs) So with the the framework, with with the canvas, so to say, of Squarespace and the painter's um, color palette that we have of your brand book, then I go, okay, what's the beginning? What's the middle and what's the end? Right? So, so Matt, you do landscape, right? Do you do any other styles? You know, I mean, I definitely, um, have dabbled with portraits and, um, like events and weddings and things like that, but I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't market myself that way at all. So, um, it's pretty, pretty Pretty much just landscape, uh, kind of fine art landscape photography and nature photography. Perfect, yep. right? So I know a lot of people that are just starting out in photography and they're just happy to photograph anything. <laughs> Portraits, weddings, newborns, landscape, uh, micro, macro, like and everything in between, right? right? Un- underwater, jumping out of a plane, just, just I need something to shoot. I get it, right? But when you start to fine tune who you are and what you like to to photograph and what you get paid for, for example, in your case, landscape, the first impression that you want to give your website viewers is you do landscape photography. Now, that said, with with portraiture and and those other things that you do, you could probably build, I would suggest building a, a separate page just for that. It doesn't even have to be in the navigation, but just knowing that you have it there just in case somebody says, oh, by the way, do you do headshots? Right. You go, here's the here's the secret link. Right, 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 right. But people don't, most people don't think that far. They're just thinking, I'm going to put absolutely everything that I've done on my website and then it looks like a cacophony of, <laughs> of different images and different styles and you can't tell the forest from the trees. So Figure out what the main focus is, what the main genre is, what the main niche is that you want to focus on for the next five years and make that your landing page. The first five to 10 seconds of your website is the most, you know, first impressions are the most lasting. Those first five to 10 seconds are the most important. So you want to make a phenomenal first impression and capture their attention with your best images in the genre, in the niche that you love working in and that you're going to be working in for the next five to 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, how, like, I guess one of the things that, um, that I, I was thinking about as you were talking is, you know, you, you have all of these words and descriptors that kind of define someone's personal brand. 
um, mm-hmm. once the rubber hits the road, so to speak, like, and you start actually kind of putting it out there, what are some of the ways in which you ensure that it actually feels like, like you and not just like mm-hmm. someone else's kind of overblown description of you, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that I totally get it. So um, the words that 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 are vibing that I'm getting the vibe off of you is the adventure, right? Is the safety, but also the the fun aspect of of really being outdoors and capturing capturing those amazing landscapes. So this is something that a lot of people do in the beginning, and they say, "I'm adventurous. I'm outdoors. I'm this," and they're stating the blatantly obvious. (laughs) So, and and great, we get it. You're adventurous. You like to go on adventures. But I swear, more than 50% of your imagery is giving me that vibe already. You don't need to bang it over my head over and over and over saying that you love adventure. You love to, you love landscape, Right. right? And yes, SEO does love, you know, those words, but you don't have to put it into every single sentence and bang it over our right. heads. The 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 website viewer, the, the person that's viewing your website, they have an they're open. They're open to learning about about you a little bit more. That's why they went onto your website. So don't assume that they're absolute idiots and you need to bang it over their head all the time. But also don't don't assume that they're geniuses and can can figure out where to go it's your job to tell them where to go right so this is this is what i like to do the work should always come first whether you're a singer an actor a photographer a dancer an underwater basket weaver the first thing that we need to see or experience is the work that you do mm-hmm. i liken it to you know um you know that TV show, The Voice? Yeah. With the blind auditions? Uh-huh. So I liken it to the blind auditions from The Voice. Right. Whatever sense it is, right? So this for the singers on The Voice, it is the sound of their voice, their singing voice. So the judges, their backs are turned. The singer comes out there in, in, in anticipation. There's like 30 seconds of stillness. Like the energy is just, you can hear a pin drop and then the person starts to sing, right? So when the person starts to sing, that's assimilated to when somebody goes onto your website for the first time, they are the most open and that's when they get an instant vibe off of who of who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they love your voice or they love your imagery, right? And then they hit the button and they turn around. You finish the song or you they finish going through your portfolio and then they ask... What's your name? Where are you from? Right, right. right. <laughs> that's interesting. So that's when, um, that's when you can tell them a little bit about yourself, right? That's when the about page would come in beautifully here, right? Mm-hmm. That's when uh, you can show a little bit more personality. That's when you can do so much more than just saying who you've worked for and having a list of, uh, you know, listing off all the, all the clients that you've worked for. Yes, you need to have, you know, if, if you don't have a client list, that's totally fine. But after after a while, you will start to have a client list and you can build that in as well. And not just listing it off as, as, um, as text, you can actually use the logos of that company and put it on your website that it shows a lot more authority and expertise. So in the about page of your um of your website, a lot of people do the thing of 
this is me. This is what I've done. This is where I've studied. This is where I live. All these, all these important pieces of information, which yes, we, we do need to know, (laughs) but what we, what we love about the blind auditions on the voice is that, you know, they've sung their song and, and they've, the, the jury has turned around and we get it. You're a good photographer. We get it. You're a good singer, right? Now's the time where we get to fall in love with your personality. And if you don't show up, if you don't show up with that personality, whatever it is, then it falls flat. Then it's just, I was born here. This is what I do. Da, 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 da. And what I'm, what I mean by personality is don't put on a fake personality. So if you're naturally introverted, don't think that you have to be all jazz hands and, and tap dances, <laughs> you know, be who you are. And the wonderful thing, the wonderful thing about this is that when you write in the, in the um, questionnaire that, that I was speaking about in the beginning of filling in all these questions and writing all these things out, you know, there's questions in there like, where are you originally from? What brought you to photography? All those questions you answer already in your natural voice. So what I do is I go through that questionnaire once again and I pull sentences out mm. and create your about page write-up. I like it. Um, Without you even knowing it. (laughs) This is kind of a silly question, but uh, for those about pages, do you have people write in the first person or the third person? Um, The first person. Okay. Uh Because they're writing in the, they're writing in the questionnaire. They don't realize that they're already writing their about page. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so once they hand that over, then then we build the website and how it looks and feels, and then I leave a space um, for the about page section and the and the write up, and then I just write in everything um, at the end to just tie tie everything together. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that's a great question. The about page should always be in the first person because if it's in the third person, then it's it, if it's in the third person, then it sounds like you're dead. You know, right. Matt, <laughs> Matt is a, or Matt was a photographer and right. he, it's just like, no, you're, you're still alive. You still want to get, get gigs. You still want to get booked. <laughs> right. Let's keep it in the first person because they're going to your website. So it should be in your first person voice. Right, right, right. So like once, once all that's um, kind of ironed out and figured out, what what are some of the steps that you work on with your clients in terms of kind of authentic marketing? Because I know, mm. like I had said earlier, I know that's one thing that a lot of um, photographers especially struggle with in terms of, you know, self-promotion and not feeling like they're spamming the the world of, yeah. you know, like every day you're spamming Facebook and then you're um, like, there was a, <laughs> I, there was a, a, a photographer I know that like, that was kind of his workflow is like, he would post an image on Facebook and then he would share that image from his business page to like every news organization within a hundred mile radius is Facebook mm-hmm. page. And then it, I mean, it, it worked. Uh, yeah. But from the outside looking in, I was like, wow, that is spammy. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and hey, but it worked. So, uh, so kind of what do you, what do you tell people in terms of how to do some of that work? Do you know, it, it's, it's funny because we're at this really interesting point in time where, you know, Facebook 10 years ago or even five years ago wasn't what it is now, mm-hmm. where everything's very spammy 
And people, what happens when things get spammy is that people shut down, the walls go up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I really like to focus on authentic marketing. So um, let's just, this is what I was doing with a with a headshot client of mine. So let's um, move away from landscape right now because sure. this is the thing that's in my head. But I, I think you guys can, 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 I think you guys can handle it. Um, <laughs> we'll come back to the landscape in a second. So I have this headshot photographer that is, um, He's amazing. He really knows how to work with actors and work with uh, with people in the theater and really get the get those actors headshots. And he loves working with actors. He'll do corporate headshots as well. And it sometimes pays a little bit better, especially if it's a big corporate team of 50 to 100 people and he can go in for a couple of days and just shoot and, you know, and he's good to go. But it's 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 slightly soul destroying compared to <laughs> working with actors who understand light, who understand the angles, who understand how to, how to, I don't want to say perform for the camera because that sounds so cheesy, but they, they don't mind being in the spotlight. Corporate people, they would rather jump off of a bridge than yeah. have their, their, their picture taken. And that comes across in their, in their imagery. So <laughs> it's a lot harder to get a good shot of somebody from corporate versus a good shot from somebody in the theater. Yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of that and I can, I can attest that um, it is definitely soul destroying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what the, the plan that we came up with and it's, it's working like a charm, it's, it's ridiculous, is um, he created a flyer. Now, guys, it is not difficult to create a flyer, right? <laughs> so he put uh, six different of his six of his best headshots, uh, two in a row, uh, three rows down. Uh, and at the top, it said headshot photography, headshot photography for actors or headshots for actors. Um, and then the, the six pictures and then below his contact information and his website that we designed. Simple. Um so simple, so simple, right? Because because the thing is, when you're doing advertising, a lot of people give off way too much information in the beginning, and mm-hmm. people get get confused. So you see his portfolio, you see his contact information, and you don't have to be a rocket science scientist to realize, okay, those images, headshots for actors. This is what the headshots look like, and here's the telephone number and the website. To, okay, I get it. If you wanted. To get in touch, here's the contact information. He gets five to 15 phone calls, emails a week. That's pretty good. <laughs> from, from, this, from, this, uh, from this campaign. And it literally, so this is how we did it. We created this flyer. I jumped the gun telling you how much, uh, how much conversion he gets. So we created this flyer. And I, I think we had like 500 flyers printed, really thick paper, matte, looking really stylish. And um, and then I said, okay, so what you need to do is within a 100 mile radius, Google all the different theaters, Google all the different um, uh, acting colleges or uh, where they where they offer acting or singing or a performance, mm. schools. And what I want you to do is get the the address of where they are, the telephone number of where they are, and find the contact person that sort of, I don't want to say the head secretary, but the head administrative assistant, the, the managing operator of that theater, because that person knows exactly where that flyer should be, should be on the wall, on what level, wherever it is. 
and they'll make sure that they that that it's there. So it's a it's usually like the the managing operator of the theater or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and theater people when they go into the theater, they have to sign in to say that they're in the house. So what if they put the what if my client got in touch with the managing operator of the theater of every single theater and said, "Could you? I'm going to send over a flyer. Would you mind hanging it up next to the sign-in sheet that the actors have to sign in every single day?" So those people, the actors, sign in and sign out <laughs> every single day. That's two times that they go to this area and sign in and sign out. Mm-hmm. Two times that these actors are looking at this person's flyer, right? Day in, day out. So. At the end of the day, the the flyers to print those out cost less than a hundred bucks. What actually cost more was shipping the um, the flyers out to different uh, theaters within a one hundred mile radius. But it was worth it because after his second, I think he broke even after his second uh, booked headshot gig. Um, and what he also and and just to add on top of this, you know how I was saying, you know, um, corporate work, you go into the office and you do like a day or two of, of, of headshots, mm-hmm. you can do that in the theater as well. So if the theater has a new show that's coming out, oh sure, he can say, hey, I'm going to do the headshots of everybody in the new cast. So it has a uniform look and feel. The actors have uh, these new headshots for themselves. And the company has an amazing looking program um, with amazing headshots. Mm-hmm. And the company is more than willing to pay for those headshots for the for the program. If not, then maybe 50%, and then the actors pay the other 50%. Right. So you can do individual and also group. That's great. <laughs> what so is that? A... That's one way of, of doing authentic marketing where you just know who your who your niche is and you just present to them. And you, like I said before, you call the managing director and say, hey, I'm a photographer within a 100 mile radius. How you doing? Would it be okay if I, if I, uh, ask you to hang this this flare up in the theater and that's it right that's that's all it is yeah so taking that maybe to the next level um i feel like probably most listeners of the podcast are either thinking about or are already trying to either sell um like either tutorials or workshops to other photographers mm-hmm. or they are uh, trying to sell their artwork to corporate clients or to art collectors or just, you know, people that want pretty pictures on their walls or, or, yeah. or you know, maybe businesses that are uh, doing a remodel and might, might want some new artwork on their walls. How, what are some ways you would think about um, advising uh, photographers trying to do those things uh, to be more authentic in their approach? Awesome. I love that. So, um, so g- give me an, give me a specific example and I'll try, I'll try to, um, I'll try to work through that. Yeah. So, so let's, um, let's say that, uh, photographer, you know, maybe has been doing photography for a few years and, you know, their, their family and friends, you know, have bought some other photos and everyone loves their work, but they've never really figured out how to, how to get other, other people that they don't know interested in purchasing their photography and mm-hmm. you know they're they've had you know coffee shops ask them to hang their work up and stuff like that but they've never really been able to you know get past maybe one or two print sales a year things like that and they really want to push it to the next level and and you know make it to where they're selling five ten fifteen prints a month 
Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So let's call this person James, right? Hi, James. James, the uh, hi, James. How you doing? Um, <laughs> and let's say that James is. Um, you're in Colorado, right? Yeah. So uh, Denver, Aspen, would pick pick a big city. Which one? Yeah, let's just go with Denver. I mean, I don't live there, okay, but great. that's probably easier than selling where I live. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's pick a big city that every everybody, all the listeners can understand. So Denver, um, Matt, give me a couple um, attributes about Denver. Uh, let's see. Um, it's definitely uh, known for its uh, proximity and availability of outdoor lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, art districts. There's a lot of breweries. There's a lot of live sporting events and um mm-hmm. i don't know i would say that it's it's kind of it's kind of booming right now there's a lot of um people moving to denver and there's a lot of there's a huge influx of markets and jobs and and people in general yeah okay so already already you've given me more than enough so here we go so let's let's call this guy james he lives in denver and he's you know reached out to some coffee shops and hung his stuff on the wall and and maybe got a couple print sales over the years but not that much now the thing is the coffee shop idea is nice but what are people going into the coffee shop for exactly to buy coffee (laughs) to buy coffee and and just because there's a couple cool pictures of Denver um, on the walls, it's like, oh, that's nice. But the the typical person that goes in to buy coffee, like the, their their mentality of, I'm not going to give up more than maybe seven to ten bucks right. because I want to get my coffee and my muffin and and I'm good. And I want my free right? Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> and I want my free Wi-Fi. And maybe I have to go to the bathroom and you know call it a day. So it. it so, so that's the mentality of the person going in to the coffee shop. They're looking at the imagery on the wall. They go, that's nice. But they're not in the money mentality that James needs his people to be in to make a proper sale. Mm-hmm. So the same imagery, let's say James has five different pictures. One is of a brewery. One is of the mountains. One is of a sporting event in Denver. Um, one is of a sunrise and one is of a sunset over the skyline of Denver, right? Perfect. Perfect. We got it. Done. Same images. Just change the location. So let's say that instead of a coffee shop where the money mentality of the of the people are seven to ten dollars to get a coffee and a muffin and a Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, let's just change the walls that he hangs his art on. What if he went to I don't want to say like Pottery Barn or um or an interior design conglomerate that's franchised that doesn't have any type of leeway to play around with things. But let's say that there's a couple, there's like the top 10 interior design um, local or regional shops in Denver, right? Mm -hmm. That are well known for their Denver vibe, right? Mm -hmm. Now, interior design shops, they sell rugs, couches, um, chairs, dining table, lamps, what don't interior design shops sell or what? what's the least thing that they sell? Imagery, artwork. Mm, yeah. Right. So if especially if it's a if it's a locally well-known interior design shop, 
boutique shop, he could go in there and say, listen, I'm a photographer. Here's five of my images that I'd love to hang on your walls. You guys have free local art that the vibe in here feels even more local. And, you know, I'd love it if you would uh, pass on my business card or if people asked about the, the imagery that you would pass my contact information onto them. Or if the relationship is really good, they could sell James's art on the wall and get a 10 or 20% commission off of it. Mm-hmm. And and it's free advertising because people, the people that are the perfect example, let's say the coffee shop was next door to the to the interior design shop, right? To the furniture shop. The people go into the because uh, this is me. This is totally me. I'm totally making making fun of myself without without even realizing it. I would go into a coffee shop, buy a muffin, buy a coffee, use the free Wi-Fi. And be like, oh, nice. I only dished out seven bucks. And then I would leave, go next door to the to the interior design shop and be like, Oof, okay, maybe, okay, my budget is between three and seven thousand. Right. Already, <laughs> right. already my mentality is like totally different, right? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. if I see a couch and I'm like, oh, that couch is beautiful. And then what's this piece of artwork hanging right above it? Oh, this is this is this is gorgeous actually like i could envision myself sitting on this couch and having this image in my living room um uh, go to the shop person uh, is 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 the imagery is in, included like is is this a print from your shop no actually it's from a local photographer here in denver um that we do we sell his his work for commission oh my god that's amazing. I want to know the story of this local uh, photographer. Oh, this is so individual. Da, 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 da. The the, menta- the money mentality of me, the shopper, in this interior design shop, when I sit down on this couch and go, oh, I love this piece of piece of artwork. And when the shop person tells me that it's from a local local photographer, I am so much more open to learning more about the photographer, learning more about how I can get that print on my walls versus sitting at a coffee shop, staring into my into my phone, using the free Wi-Fi and completely ignoring the beautiful imagery from James on the wall. Right. No, it's funny. I get, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of photographers get this all the time, but I'd say like once or twice a year, I'll have like a local, either like a restaurant or, you know, like, and not even like a fancy restaurant, just like a plain Jane restaurant or a coffee shop, whatever. And they're like, Hey, do you want to like, we like to rotate artwork through our restaurant. Um, do you want to hang some of your stuff up? I'm just like, no. <laughs> and it's for that reason, like people don't go to your restaurant to buy art, you know, like yeah. I, I appreciate it, but no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, let, let's, uh, let's say this, maybe it's great to get that under your belt a, a couple times that when you go to the interior design shop, you go, and my work has been featured in this restaurant and in this coffee shop where they go, oh, okay. I know, I know those places Right. that it builds trust with them. But um, you're, the, the probability of you selling your work in a coffee shop or in a restaurant is much lower compared to where a, a space like a, like an interior design shop or a, furniture sto- a local furniture store where the money mentality is much more open to buying your work. Yeah, and I think, I think too, a lot of it depends on what your goal is um, for, yeah. for, your, for your work. I feel like um, if you just want people to see your work and you don't even care if it sells or not, like, then that's okay. Like hang it wherever you want. 
Um, exactly. But like, if your goal is actually to make money on your art, then that's probably not the best strategy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's a really good, uh, I like that. Um, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, um, how to build your brand on Instagram. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I know a lot of photographers, um, for whatever reason, have kind of either a love or a hate relationship with Instagram as a platform. Mm. Um, I think especially landscape photographers, we um, kind of thumb our noses at it a little bit in terms of like, my art is not intended to be seen on a two-inch screen, you know? So yeah. Um, and then I've heard a lot of people on other podcasts talk about like, like they don't even want to be compared with quote unquote Instagrammers. You know, they don't want to even be mm. <laughs> like, oh, those are Instagrammers. Like they're not, they're not fine art photographers. It's totally mm-hmm. different. And then I think there's other people who completely <laughs> embrace the platform and do really well. So um, yeah, I, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on kind of how to, how to incorporate that into building your brand. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, listen, five, 10 years ago, it was Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Now it's Instagram, 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 right? So I think there's a common misconception that, hey, I'm going to post every single day on Instagram and call it a day and I'll become famous and I'll get get work. No, honey. No, that's not how it works. You know? <laughs> Um, keep on dreaming, you know, try that. And if it does work, then please call me and let me know what you actually did or didn't do. Cause it sounds like you didn't do much. Um, cause I'd, I'd love to hear how that worked out for you. And of course, nobody, nobody gets back in touch. Um, so I see it like this, your Instagram feed, the grid, that is like a mini version of your website. Every single day, a little bit of content, a little piece of micro content, one post. Or if you want to post every second day, just keep it going, right? Mm-hmm. Because when somebody goes onto your feed, when they see all of your imagery, that's when they go, oh, okay, I get the idea of and the gist of, of who you are. And you can post, every single post is, you know, some landscape, some some work that you've done, or every second one could be a, an art, a piece of artwork, and then then uh, every odd one is um, is you behind the scenes, or you doing what you do best, or you giving us a little bit of a story of of you documenting your process, mm-hmm. right? I don't care what it is, as long as it's on brand, as long as it feels like you. Now the the picture of <laughs> I always uh, say, you know, the picture of Saturday night, just about to go out and leave the house and we've had a drink and we're feeling really good. <laughs> awesome. Like if if you're going to post a picture of that Saturday night, let it be that picture when everybody's feeling good. There's no smeared mascara. Nobody's broken up with anybody. There's no street fights, right? The three o'clock in the morning street fight, smeared mascara, heart heartbreak hotel pictures. Those do not belong on Instagram, right? So, man, you've got some uh, inter- interesting clients. <laughs> <laughs> Posting pictures of them after street fights. Exactly. Well, I'm being dramatic, but but usually it's the <laughs> no, I know. it's the it's the other way around. It's usually you know photographers that are like, you know, this is my dog and this is my niece and oh, I love my family and I'm like, yeah, y- y- great. I love my family too. But are you going to use Instagram to build your brand? Or are you going to use Instagram to just showcase your your family and your and, and your home life? 
because have an intention with it, right? So I see a good 80-20 split. 80% should be business, 20% should be family and friends. So for example, Monday through Friday can be business and the weekends can be friends and family, right? So just, just find the right balance that works for you. Anyway, so your Instagram feed should be should be representing what you're all about and should look similar to your website. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I find it fascinating when people are like, this is my Instagram and it's all about my dogs and my cats and my aunt and my aunt and, and my uncle and, and my house. And then you go into their website and they're, they're a fashion photographer where I just go, okay, there's a, there's a huge, <laughs> these are two totally different people, right? So you have uh-huh. to make sure that your website feels like your Instagram and your Instagram feels like your website. Instagram, you have a little bit of leeway to show a little bit of personality, but that 20% is more than enough. So a lot of people see Instagram at face value of, you know, what am I posting on, on my feed? What am I doing for my stories? Da, 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 da. But Matt, the magic happens in the DMs. Mm-hmm. The magic happens in the DMs. And, and I'm astounded that people don't realize this. Yes, you need the imagery in the, in the feed and in the stories to, you know, for people to get to know who you are and what you're about. But after you've posted that pic on your feed, right, don't put your phone away or don't scroll until three o'clock in the morning. Rather, take 15 minutes, 15 minutes, that's it. And seriously, we're all on our phones anyway for 15 minutes, so let's make it productive. Go on to, you know, go on (laughs) to Instagram because you're already on Instagram and find five to 10 clients that you want to work with. Find them on Instagram, like their latest three picks, comment on one, and then, and follow them, of course. And then maybe a day or two later, write them a DM, write them a message, be like, hey, I think what you do is amazing. Um, I love that. I love that post that you did about the polar bears last week. When somebody comments or, or sends you a DM about your your post, it makes you go, "Oh my God, somebody's listening. Somebody's mm-hmm. actually listening and taking mm-hmm. taking in my content." Right. So just giving paying somebody a compliment or helping somebody out that has so much more weight. There's nothing worse than being like. Like, 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 comment, follow, and then uh, DM, hey, I'm a photographer. You'd be stupid not to book me. No, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the wrong way to go about it, you know? Rather, give yeah. value first, build a relationship, and then over time, and it's not going to happen, you know, within two days, but over time, it's going to be something phenomenal. And that's how I'm booking more than 50% of my jobs through mm. the DMs on Instagram. So taking that to the next step, um, if you were working with a landscape photographer, let's say, that um, wanted to uh, book more clients on their workshops, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing a good strategy would be to try to figure out a way either by following hashtags or or just, uh, I don't even know, like searching locations or whatever, but um, trying to identify people who are maybe beginner or amateur mm-hmm. photographers um, who are active and posting a lot that you feel like, you know, their work is okay, but maybe they could use a little bit more help yep. and maybe just reaching out to them and say, Hey man, like I really liked your shots from this place. And then just kind of just, I mean, obviously you don't want to hit them right over the head with, 
And by the way, next week I'm doing a workshop, (laughs) you know, like you're going to, it's going to be something you do over time, I'm guessing. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's what it is. Let's, let's use the, the example of James in Denver, the landscape photographer that no longer puts, hangs his pictures in, uh, in coffee shops and rather hangs his, his pictures and gets booked in, uh, interior design, design shops. So let's Mm -hmm. say he types in, he uses the hashtag Denver photographer or Denver landscape, right? Um, or, or maybe there's a there's a specific thing that he loves about the Dan, Denver landscape or a specific mountain or specific brewery or, or whatever, the city skyline, I don't know. And he just searches that hashtag and all the pictures that come up that look like they were done not on an iPhone. <laughs> he'll start <laughs> he'll start to get in touch with those people, follow those people, check out their feed, and so they but surely build a relationship with them and wind up in their DMs and be like, "Oh my god, I love that skyline. Um here's a picture. Go onto my onto my feed and check out the skyline uh the picture of the, the Denver skyline that I did. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Just finding that commonality and basing a conversation off of that, it mean means it makes a world of difference. Yeah, I will say, um, me personally, um, I get, I wouldn't say it happens a ton, but you know, every once in a while you'll get someone who comments or DMs and they're like, oh, I love that. like, go check out mine. And like, Ooh, I hate like, Ooh, that's for me, that's like a huge turnoff. Um, if it's someone who, who's like, we've been in conversation for a long time and they're like, Hey man, like I wanted to show you this cool shot I did. That's totally different yep. for me. Like it's just not out of left field. Exactly. So I think it's important to to build the relationship totally, first. Totally, totally. Yeah. I will say too, um, I've had the opportunity a couple of times to do an Instagram takeover for the uh uh the visitors bureau for Colorado. Oh wow. And um and they just gave me access to their account. So I you know, I'm logged into their account. And, um, wow, they get probably every day, I would say 20 or 30 people DMing them saying like, Hey, I want, can I do a takeover? Mm. Can I, can you feature my work? You know, like they just get spammed left and right. Um, so I would say that's, um, probably not the best approach either. It's just to come straight out the gate, you know, um, but maybe it works for some people. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know, when, when everybody's zigging, I like to zag. And usually the zigging are the people that are spamming, the people that are in your face, the people that are go, 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 go. So I don't know. I, I think I think the secret to my success isn't that I'm the best brander, the best web designer, the best marketer. I right. think I, it's a skill that I've learned. Um, but I think my talent, or the, what I'm gifted at, or knowing knowing what my zag is to everybody else's zig, is I'm just a nice person. Like I, <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to help somebody out, right? So, and right. and I'm not saying do work for free until I can't pay my rent. That's not what I mean. But when everybody's like, oh, can I do an Instagram takeover? Oh, can I do an Instagram takeover? Right? What's the opposite of that? When everybody's zigging, how can I zag? Mm-hmm. Great imagery, like uh, oh my goodness! Like, can I feature? Uh, I, I I wish there was a share button for all of your images on on um, on Instagram because I would share it with the world and tell tell everybody how awesome you are. That has a different energy to. I want to do an Instagram takeover. Like, let me in, let me in, right? If you can, right. 
the, the, the energy that you want from them, you have to give that to them first mm-hmm. and then they'll reciprocate. Yeah. How do you, how do you use stories, um, on, on Instagram? I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who have kind of figured out the secret sauce of stories and some people who are just like, I don't understand stories at all. Mm. <laughs> I think number one stories is there for behind the scenes. It gives you, so for example, if you're, if you're posting every day or every second day, a beautiful finished image on your feed, I want to know the behind the stories of you taking that, right? Are you going to do a hyperlapse and like on your, like where you're with your phone that you're filming your screen where you're doing the final touch, touch ups and you see the before and after, right? Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. do we have an image of you? or a small little video clip of you of take of actually taking that shot, right? Or mm-hmm. of you actually posting like, here we go, I'm going to post it to, to Instagram. And people go, yeah, Jonathan, that's so stupid. Like, <laughs> why would people be interested in that? Where I go, I shoot back. I'm like, how many stupid cat videos do you watch a day? Right? <laughs> right. Anything, anything other than a stupid cat video has one IQ percentage more that right like anything then so we're already at base level right you need one brain cell to understand how to laugh at a cat video and you do it anyway so let's up the ante and let's add two brain cells and let's see what your process is like and you document your creative process and you share that with the world because like i said before personal branding is a mix of three things your name, your face, and how you make people feel. Your finished imagery is, yes, it's going to make people feel something, but the people that are booking you, they not only want to book you for the finished product, they want to book you for the way that you make them feel while you're creating what you create. And the more you, you post your behind the scenes, the more of an authentic feel you're going to be putting out there. Absolutely. What, um, what do you use in terms of like staying on top of like a content calendar or, or like making sure that you're publishing things that are relevant? Uh, do you have different strategies or things that you teach people around that? Yeah, I do. Um, I'm a bit of a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, me too. (laughs) So I love to have things organized. I love organizing things. So, um, I have a tendency to prep all of the things that go out into the world, whether it be Facebook, internet, uh, Instagram, uh, email, and and all those different things because I have my online products and da 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 da. I prep things two to four months in advance. Oh wow! <laughs> so right now I'm it, the 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 recording of this podcast is what December sixth, two thousand nineteen. I'm already in like. April 14th, 2020, right? So it's this weird thing of where your brain is in one place is in the future, but what's coming, what's rolling out is actually of the, uh, of the moment. So um, for me to get to that place, I needed to create an organized system that was easy to implement, that was super quick and fast and efficient, and that I didn't have to think that much about Mm -hmm. that I could go, okay, great. This feels like me, but without it being like, like right now, I'm in April, but really it's it's December or, or the other way around, right? 
Mm-hmm. So what I've come up with um, is something called my content calendar. So it's a it's every single day. It, there's a prompt um, saying, you know, giving you an inspiration on on what you what you can post, whether it be you know introducing yourself to your followers, old and new, or um, saying you know something that you're working on, or a throwback to your very first image that you ever ever created and published. So all these different ideas, you can use it for feed or for story. Um, and it just spawns these ideas for you to post something on Instagram. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in there, because Instagram is fun for quotes and things like that, um, we've also created pre-done-for-you quote images that I think we have over six or 700 quotes that we've already created for the My Content Calendar students, where once you log in, you can pick whichever images that you want. You just drag and drop, um, and then you schedule it into Instagram and, and into Planoly, a third-party scheduling app called Planoly, and it'll post on Instagram for you. So the heavy lifting is already done for you with the pre-planned um, images and graphics that we have, plus the images that you that you already have. And I love it when people are like, but I have no images to post. I'm like, really? How many pictures do you have on your phone right now? 7,000? Surely, if you sit down for 10 minutes, you're going to find 100 pictures that you go, you know what? I could post this or I really like this. I'd like to post this sometime. And the wonderful thing is, is that Instagram isn't always in real time. So you can post something that you shot yesterday or five years ago and nobody really cares. That's a good point. I mean, I, I find, especially with photographers, we we tend to like want to share our most recent mm-hmm. adventures and our most recent work. But um, the people that I find that are actually the most successful on Instagram aren't afraid to post stuff that they shot, you know, five, 10 years ago. So, yeah. um, and most people don't know the difference. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, this has been really fun, Jonathan. How uh, can people learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, sure thing. Um, people can go on over to my website, jonathantilly.com. And if they're interested in learning more about Instagram and my content calendar, how to build your brand on Instagram one day at a time, it's a 16-month planner and an online course. They can go on over to mycontentcalendar.com. And to learn about those writing killer cover letters and learning how to build your client list, you can hop on over to leagueoflistbuilders.com. It's the creative person's marketing plan to know exactly what to say, when to say it, and who to say it to. I love it, man. Well, thanks so much. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully um, people can try some of these strategies out and and elevate elevate their, their artwork. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right. Well, thanks to Jonathan for joining us on the show. I had a really great time speaking with you about branding and marketing. If you enjoyed our conversation and want more, join us on Patreon for another 15 minutes of conversation all about email marketing and list building. Just visit patreon.com slash fstop and listen. All right. Well, let's thank our most recent patron for their support of the podcast. Thank you to Darren Barnes for joining us over on Patreon. I really appreciate it. 
And uh, I've heard from a couple of people that uh, they want to support the podcast, but they don't want to mess around with Patreon for one reason or another. I get that. Um, Well, I've listened to your advice, and I have added a PayPal donation feature on my website. Just go to mattpainphotography.com, click on the podcast menu item, and look for the PayPal section. Another easy way to support the show that is on the exact same page is to keep in mind when you need to make any photography purchases, we do have a B&H affiliate agreement. And so if you make any purchases through that B&H link, they kick back a few cents to me to keep the podcast going. Thanks to everyone who has done that in the past. And I really appreciate that. It has really helped with some unexpected production costs that have come up. Um, Lastly, and on that same page, you can find a link to the 60-day free trial to Nature Photographers Network, or NPN. All right, well, this is the very last episode that we will be talking about the upcoming Landscape Conservation Award. It is not too late to submit a nomination. Believe it or not, we've only received about six nominations so far, which I guess is kind of surprising, considering we have thousands of listeners. So, um... If you have someone in mind, feel free to nominate. It's not too late up until the last day of the year. Um, We are also looking for a few more people to help judge the award. So please reach out if you're interested in doing that. Um, And uh, I really wanted to one last time give a really big shout out and thank you to all of the brands and individuals that are helping uh, support that conservation award. Um, First up, we have Shimoda Designs. Uh, They are a camera Uh, backpacking company camera backpack company sorry Um, and they sent me a really awesome action x backpack a couple months ago really like it i liked it so much that i sold all my f-stop gear stuff (laughs) Um, i was really impressed Um, they are donating to the winner of the award a uh, a camera bag of their choice a core unit and a roller and accessory case which is a 779 dollar value uh, we also have QT Luang. He's an amazing photographer uh, who is supporting the award as well. Uh, he is the author of Treasured Lands. Um, photographed over 25 years, Treasured Lands is the most complete photography book about all of the now 62 U.S. national parks. I've seen the book in person and I can tell you it deserves all six national book awards that it has received. It will inspire you with excellent images, open your eye to their diversity, and help you plan your own shots with first-hand location notes for each photo. The trade edition has been a bestseller and is offered at a very competitive price, but there is also a limited edition now valued at $245, and QT is donating a copy to the winner of the Landscape Conservation Award. Thank you so much, QT. We also have ViewBug, the uh, popular photo sharing and contest website. They're donating a Pro Plus membership. We also have Tamron, uh, the camera lens manufacturer. They are donating a 45 millimeter lens. And lastly, we have Read Art and Imaging. They are a fine art print lab located in Denver, Colorado. And they just did a bunch of acrylic prints for me. And I got to tell you, they turned out fantastic. Uh, They are donating to the winner of the award a $500 credit towards the purchase of an acrylic print. All right. Well, the Landscape Conservation Award could not be possible without what we call our podcast producers over on Patreon. 
These are the people that help shape the direction of the show, and they do Google Hangouts with me, um, which are really fun. It's a good time for people that are listening to, to kind of hang out and have really fun conversations about photography and about the podcast. Um, and these are people that I, I want other people to support them as well. So if you recognize them um, or if you don't, I have links to all of their websites, um, if they have one, over on that aforementioned uh, podcast page uh, for the podcast on my website. And uh, support these people. They're amazing. We have Jason Clardy. Timothy Floyd, Suzanne uh, Mathia, uh, Gary Randall, Michael Rung, Frank Otto Peterson, Zachary Smith, Richard Wong, uh, Matthias Joland, uh, James Bakavoy, Daniel Francois, Ken Dono, William Nurse, Lori Berenson, Anton Everine, Charlotte Gibb, David Kingham, Jeff Peterson, Chris Rice, Eric Stenslin, and Jack Curran. Go check them out. They do some really cool stuff. And if you guys haven't uh, sent me your preferences for your for your uh, hat that you're gonna you get as being a supporter, please let me know as soon as possible. All right. Well, let's talk about who is coming up on the podcast. Um, has some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, next up, we have Luca Asenko. He is a photographer based in Slovenia. Uh, just this past weekend, I recorded a really fun panel conversation with Alex Noriega, Sean Bagshaw, Guy Tal, Suzanne Mathia, and David Cobb, and I'm looking forward to releasing that one. Um, we have Brenda Tharp. She's a photographer from Sonoma County, California. Uh, we have Royce Bear coming up. He's a really famous night photographer who organizes and hosts uh, the annual Nightscaper Conference in Moab, and I'm actually really excited. I'm I'm going to be uh, writing a book chapter uh, with Royce and some other photographers, including uh, Josh Snow and Daniel Greenwood and a bunch of other really awesome people. Um, and uh, it's all about night photography. You can uh, back our project on Kickstarter. It's called Secrets from the Stars. And Royce and I will be talking more about that when we do our podcast. We also have Toby Harriman. He's a photographer of specializing in aerial commercial shoots and uh, he lives in Alaska and splits his time in San Francisco. We have Michael Strickland, he's a film photographer. Uh, Jerry Greer, a photographer from the Appalachia Mountains. Uh, Nikki Rauch, she's a sales coach. And lastly we have Christian Fletcher, a photographer from Australia. All right, well that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week. P.S. If you actually listen to this entire uh, outro, send me a message and maybe I'll send you something cool. See you later.